Welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. My name is Ben, and uh, today I'm sitting with Reverend Robin King over a cup of coffee. And each week, our conversations usually follow uh, what we're going to be talking about in church the next Sunday. And with Advent coming up, the first for uh, the first of the four weeks of Advent is the Sunday of Hope. So, Robin, do you want to talk about hope today? Well, I was kind of hoping you'd tell me what Advent was, Ben. Um, well, you you touched on it uh, yesterday. But you, you kind of just did because you said Christmas was coming. So, and, and that's what it means, you know, really, right? Is that a, a, yeah. something's coming? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it's a Sunday of hope because we decided that it should be the Sunday of hope. Is the thing. Um, okay, so the four Sundays of Advent, the four Sundays of Advent have, uh, each one has a theme, right? Hope, peace, joy, love. Right. Um, although, as somebody pointed out to me the other day, sometimes people do them in a slightly different order than that. I don't know why, because actually the hope, peace, joy, love thing makes perfect sense to me. Um, but the thing about it is that that um, uh, we, we do that because um, we need to get our heads around what Advent is because people don't know what Advent is. Um, and Advent is, I mean, even if you go to church, the odds are that you've, I mean, you know what Advent is because you know it's that four Sundays before Christmas, but what is it really? Yeah. Right? Um, everyone's already got the Christmas decorations up. In fact, most most churches even, um, unless you're really hardcore about it, most churches put all their Christmas decorations up at the beginning of Advent anyway, right? right. So it's already Christmas. Yeah. Right. Well, that's um, all I always thought of it as growing up in the United Church was Advent is those those four weeks getting ready for Christmas. Yeah. Christmas is coming. Yeah. It's just around the corner. You're doing all the stuff that you do to get ready for the the arrival of the day. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Advent right there. Yeah. It's well, but that's the thing. See, it, it's so much easier for people who don't go to church. It's so much easier to not say Advent. It's so much easier to say, you know, that season of um, the holidays, uh, going to parties. Um, yeah. right, Christmas parties, um, yeah. because now, in fact, in fact, now, actually, this is really, really a good example because um, there are people who are having uh, like work Christmas parties in mid-November, mm. right? Because there's so many of them, you got to yeah. book a place, you got to get in somewhere, and so now they're going to mid-November. About the time I noticed that, I read this story about there's a movement to add a few extra weeks to the beginning of Advent to make the season of Advent longer. Are you serious? And I thought, I wonder if those two things are related. <laughs> um, Do you think because, they are? Well, the thing is, it's it's a time of uh, Advent, the season of Advent is a time of preparation, right? Uh, Advent, uh, it's a combination of two Latin words that mean essentially um, uh, ventus is a, a, like arrival and ad is coming to, right? So we're coming to the arrival of Jesus, right? Hmm. Um, and it's a time of preparation, anticipation, um, and that's how we've always described it. Um, but hey, if you're doing Christmas bacon, you're putting up your Christmas decorations, you're going to Christmas parties, you're doing your Christmas shopping, all of those things that, you know, you wouldn't want to talk about in church because, you know, it's not Christmas yet. It's only Advent. Right. Don't be talking about the Christmas stuff. That's your preparation for Christmas. Yeah. I think the saddest part isn't that we don't emphasize preparing and getting ready for Christmas. I think the saddest part is that Christmas seems to end on December 25th. Like, right. like people are putting their trees out on the 26th of December. You did all that stuff to get ready. Mm. You had your Christmas dinner. Um, you exchanged some gifts. And, and then the next day, you're packing stuff away. 
Why are you doing that? And in fact, in fact, that's not a new thing, right? That goes back to um, whenever that tradition of the 12 days of Christmas started. Okay. Right? Um, I thought you were going to say Boxing Day. Well, uh, sure. Isn't, but, isn't, but isn't Boxing Day, you box it all up and... Good Lord, I hope not. Um, what, where, does, where does Boxing Day come from? I think from? that is actually where it comes from. But to be honest with you, again, here's here, again. there's another thing. I, know, I have no idea. People just keep <laughs> talking about it and we keep saying it. I don't know where it comes from. I mean, think of, but think of how many things we approach like that. Um, like even the, the 12 days of Christmas, um, there's 12 days between Christmas and Epiphany. Okay. Right? The, so the, end of, that... the end of the 12 days of Christmas. Right. But, but you know, there's, if I were to say... Um, the you know Christmas lasts until Epiphany. You'd be less likely to understand that than if I said there's twelve days of Christmas because you probably know the song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a pop right. culture reference. So uh, exactly, but but that's how we know most of this stuff. And so yeah. like for people, um, for people who don't don't regularly attend church, for people who don't have any real understanding of um, like the seasons of the church. Uh, yesterday I I referred and I I occasionally do refer to the the fact that we tend to use the lectionary more often than not right um and then of course realized uh looking around the room that i might need to actually explain what that is right um and i do that every single time i mention the lectionary every time <laughs> um and and you'd think by now i would be going surely people know what that is but there's no guarantee that there isn't somebody in the room who doesn't or who didn't hear me say the last time what it is, right? Yeah. So we need to be constantly reminding people until they reach a point where they actually understand it. That's got to be challenging to constantly be, well, attempting to be cognizant of there might be someone sitting here today who has never been here before. Right. And is half of what I'm saying going over their head because of the terminology and... Yeah, uh, things that we that are church language we take for granted, right? Yeah. yeah, we take it for granted, and and that's that's a thing around. That's another one of those things around. If you want to be welcoming, um, and you want to, people to have a sense of belonging, um, you know, they need to actually understand where the, you know what you're saying, where you're at, and you know, yeah. what all these things mean, and and uh, so we need to be constantly coming up with new uh, ways of communicating all of that stuff, right? Or, or reminding people what things mean. Um, again, I, I kind of talked about this yesterday in, in church where I, I was trying to say that we need to come up with, um, you know, it was Christ the King. Is is kingship still a, a, relevant. a, a relevant image? Yeah. Um, or is it yet another one of those things where I have to explain it to you, like I have to tell you the story, and then I have to explain what it means so that you can then understand it and relate it to your life. Why wouldn't I just like do that but then also give you a an image that connects with you mm -hmm. right um so that you 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 have something to connect with right and and that's the thing about that's i think that's why we came up with the whole hope peace joy love thing for advent is that that's uh four weeks of preparing right in anticipation of christmas which is not a bad thing don't get me wrong um we could probably do six or eight even um but the stories that we hear and you know uh, we talked about in fact we talked about this a couple of weeks ago um and if i'm not mistaken you said you know we've talked about that enough maybe we should stop talking about it but it's uh, uh, we hear all these apocalyptic stories right first sunday of advent the gospel story is another one of those moments of jesus saying you know the end is near and is this all this horrible stuff's going to happen um and and here's here's a, um there used to be uh there's a TV show. I don't think it's on anymore now, but it was called Sleepy Hollow. No, I've never but, heard of it. But it oddly enough wasn't based on the 
uh, well, it was it was loosely connecting with the story, right? The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Right. But the way they connected it was um, that it was the the guy with the headless horseman was one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Okay. And it was the beginning of the apocalypse. They were bringing the apocalypse. Hmm. And the, this one character's job um, is to fight them off, basically. And um, first of all, that's ludicrous. Secondly, um, it's fun and entertaining, and people watched it. Even I watched it initially, right? Um, but then I also watched Lucifer. So, um, but but I did because it's fun and entertaining. If you then kind of walk away from that thinking you know something about the Book of Revelation, oh my goodness, no, no way, no. Um, because the thing, and this is the thing about all those apocalyptic stories and why it relates to the first Sunday being hope is that, uh, the thing about uh, those apocalyptic, first of all, apocalypse doesn't mean the end. It doesn't mean destruction. It means revelation. That's what the word apocalypse actually initially means. Really? It comes from the, from the word revelation, which is right. Which is why the book of revelation is called revelation yeah. <laughs> right it means revealing and what's being revealed is the new kingdom right, right. and how we're going to get there and so, so in your view it's less about destruction and uh it's more about creation and, and new beginning it's like it's like that cartoon um i think it was a new yorker cartoon where there's a guy you know in a in a uh, you know ratty old uh um, gown with a with one of those sandwich board signs over him, you know, and it says the end is near. Um, and then he's coming to a corner, and there's a guy coming from the other opposite direction who looks exactly the same, wearing the same sandwich board sign, except his sign says the the beginning is is near. And because that's what it is, right? Yeah. We we look at it as it's the end of things. It's you know, oh no, we're dreading the end of things, but it's actually the arrival of the beginning, right? Right, and so when Jesus talks about the end, it's meant to inspire hope. That, in fact, the Book of Revelation is meant to inspire hope, not fear of the end. So, but how do we use it? We use it to make people afraid. I was just going to say, is it is it more of a case of we're using it wrong? Yeah, it's we're reusing it to make people afraid, and and in fact, it should make people hopeful because. In all of that stuff, which, by the way, as you know, if you look around the world right now, a lot of the stuff that's described in any of these little apocalyptic moments, like Jesus talks about war and famine and earthquakes, and, you know, that's happening right now in lots yeah. of places in the world. Which um, makes sense, then, why so many people throughout our lifetimes, anyway, have looked at current events and said, the end yeah. is near because it 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 tracks. Yeah, <laughs> a lot absolutely. of it tracks to what absolutely. you read. And um, in fact, in fact, I would I would almost I would almost say, the end is constantly near. So is the beginning. Yeah. Right. Um, it's constantly near. What will make the difference? And see, I think what makes the difference. I hope. There you go. Hope. I think what makes the difference is perceiving it less as. Um, a, a destruction of things that are meaningful to us and more a beginning of things that ought to be meaningful to us. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking at it, um, as you know, all this, these wars and famines and nation against nation and everything as, um, as, uh, the end of what is truly valued, valuable to us, we need to realize what actually is truly valuable mm -hmm. to us. Right. Um, and then that, that brings the beginning of things 
right? The new things, um, which is why I think, um, and I've, I've thought this, in fact, I've thought it exactly this way since I was in a meeting once a few years back and heard um, a minister of another denomination that will remain nameless um, say, well, you know, we're not really in the hope business. Uh, I what? think we're entirely, exclusively in the hope business. Um, that's what that's what this is all about. It's about encouraging people and inspiring people with hope, um, and not not the kind of hope. And again, it's about how you understand that, right? I was just going to take us there. I'm, I figured you would. Yeah. What I do hope, we mean by hope? Uh, well, I was hoping that I, for example, was hoping that Ottawa would win the Grey Cup. And I'll tell you why I was hoping Ottawa would win the Grey Cup. And it's not just because I don't like Calgary. I'll tell you why. Because, just like, and I'm, I'm like this with hockey too, and it's, I know it's irritating. But um, I've been an Ottawa fan since 1980. Oh, now the year just went out of my head. It was a year, it was the year, this is why I'm an Ottawa fan. It was the year uh, that the Ottawa Rough Riders, the old Rough Riders, won the Grey Cup with 20-something seconds on the clock, and Tom Clements threw to Peter Gabriel, touchdown, with 22 seconds on the clock. Like, they were not going to win. And it was like a Hail Mary. Gabriel ta- carry, uh, catches it in the end zone, um, and they win the Grey Cup. And I've been, huh. and they weren't supposed to. They were the underdog. That was why I was rooting for them. And I won a bet on that game. I think that and, right there is the most football talk I've ever heard come out of your life out of your mouth in the in the entire hey come on that's not true in, yesterday in 10 years of knowing you yesterday i reminded people it was the feast of the holy blessed and indivisible gray cup come on anyway <laughs> i've been an ottawa fan so just because it's a different ottawa team it's still i'm i'm still inspired okay. to be an ottawa fan right so i was hoping they would win they did not win so obviously my hopes have been crushed and i am now hopeless um, because that, that's not, that's not hope. That's a desired outcome. That's, uh, yeah. Um, that's, that's, it's, it's wishful thinking. It's, it's not the same thing. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's like hoping that the Maple Leafs will win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. I'm just hoping going with the sports metaphors now. Hoping that you don't go in the ditch when you're driving on icy roads. Uh, yeah. Or hoping that this coffee will be delicious, you know? Yeah. Which it won't ever be because I don't like the taste of coffee. So it's, let's it's not, create a distinction here then. So what the is distinction the... is hope is certainty. And it's the certainty. Um, the, the, to me, when we talk about hope and we talk like in the context of like Jesus and, and life, hope for in life, not just little things that we like or desire or we want or we wish. Because we use the word hope all the time for those things. I wish we didn't. Hey, I said wish instead of I hope. Um, we do it all the time. But in fact, um, hope is, is a certainty. Um, hope is, and here's, here's the, um, the uh, in fact, we have a couple of hymns that we sing in Advent, and they all have the same image for hope. Hope is a star, right? Okay. Okay, or hope is a seed. That's another one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hope is that little light in the darkness kind of thing, um, which I, I I am actually not super thrilled with that because I think you can find hope in the darkness. You don't need light. You can find hope in the darkness um, because the light isn't a visual thing. It's a metaphor, right? Of course. Right. So, so, so uh, but the idea, and the, uh, I kind of like the seed one in particular because um, hope, uh, when you say hope, 
it's a certainty and it's a certainty because there is life in hope there's always life in hope right but how do you explain that to someone who's just lost someone or received a terrible diagnosis or they're you know what i mean like there's so many things that people are going through right now maybe people even that are listening to this there's something challenging going on in their life and they don't feel hope they don't feel they like they feel like having hope is an impossibility and and this is a moment where i'd flippantly like to say well you should go to church then um because and and or or don't go to church but go somewhere because i think one of the things is one of the things is first of all um any moment like that i can't say to somebody oh i know how you're feeling and but because you don't you absolutely don't um and there's no way that you possibly could it's their experience and their you know it's theirs um but your presence alone your interest in their well-being um is is hope um the the idea that um uh, the idea that going forward, their life carries forward the experiences of sharing life with somebody else, or an experience with somebody else. There's hope in that. In the same way that, in the same way that there's life in a seed, right? We think right. seeds are dead. They look like they're dead, they right? Do. A plant actually, or a, or a, a tree, or a fruit, or whatever, it has to actually die in order to deliver a seed, right? But there's life in that seed. And so we plant it, we nurture it, and we, we grow it. But you don't know that it's going to grow. You but you hope don't. that it's going to grow. So no, do you no. know what I mean? We, so we, we still have this connotation of around the word hope that it's like, well, maybe, hopefully. Yeah, but except I don't ever think a seed is a maybe. Really? I always think a seed is. Here's why. Here's why. Even if you plant a seed and you water it and you take care of it, you nurture it, you put like fertilizer, you take care of it, all that stuff. Um... Um, if I were doing that, the seed would probably not grow because I have a black thumb. I'm not really good at gardening. Um, I just don't ever have luck with things like I that. If somebody I. gives me plants, they die. Me um, too. And, but, um, but, um, even in that I've enjoyed the moment of having them. I've enjoyed the experience of, um, you know, putting it in the ground, watering it and everything, all that kind of stuff. All right. So, so I've, I've had that experience of, uh, of participating in it, right? Okay. And that's 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 the life part, right? Well, um, to me, that's the that's the life part. That's the part of it that's alive. If it then produces something, that's awesome. That's so great. That's you, even so better. So you're approaching it uh, with the freedom of no expectation, and yeah. and we talk about that a lot. And yeah, I mean, really, me, no. Hang on, though. Faith faith is really uh, is about. Uh, Embracing life free of expectations. Yes. I think. Yeah. But we're so bad at that. Yes. Because we say stuff like, I hope Ottawa will win the Grey Cup. No, I don't. I have the expectation that they will. And then my expectation is... is Either bad or not. Defeated. Right? Um, The plant either grows or it doesn't. Because I have expectation. And and in fact, fact, the the Grey Cup example is an even better example. Because um, my expectation now rests on the abilities of others. Yeah, who and, are being paid to yeah yeah. See what I mean, though, right? I mean that's why that's yeah. one of the things about that's one of the things about things like professional sports or even elections, right? <laughs> There's a lot of money riding on that. There's yeah. a lot of expectation, a lot of pressure placed on people to deliver, and when they don't deliver, hopes are dashed. No, they're not. 
expectations expectations are. are not met that's a different thing entirely so um, there hope is the distinction. Expectation. That's the distinction. We collapse hope with expectations. I think it's probably one of several, but I think it's That's a key, them, definitely yeah. a key one. Yeah. So when if we can delineate our hopes from our expectations and separate those, how does someone who's feeling hopeless about something in their lives? find hope one thing you started talking about was connecting with others whether that's yep. through church or whether that's through however you do that yeah, yeah just with relationships um, that's what church is supposed to be about right well relationships. And, and in fact i would say that's what jesus was all about because i'd say that constantly is mm. that and and I, I was even saying this yesterday when when i was talking about like jesus uses images that he thought were relevant when he tells stories he uses images that he thought were relevant to the people he's telling the stories to and we could really learn something from that because we often don't do that we we simply tell a story and then we have to explain it so that you'll find it relevant yeah jesus simply told the story right, right. he simply that was the skill but but the other piece of that is that um there's a point at which words are not enough or words don't work and what did jesus do then well he embraced people um he spent time with them he just sat down like even i I imagine i imagine and of course you don't want to include these stories in the bible because they just like take up room um but i imagine there were lots of other stories of of jesus sitting down and and peter and paul and all the other all of the disciples even just sitting down with people yeah and even if they weren't saying anything just sitting with people that people wouldn't sit with right Ooh, I, I, and and there's a, there's actually a key. I mean, you often you often hear about this in uh, like in schools, for instance, where there's that one kid who's been bullied, or that one kid that no one wants to spend time with, yeah. and then there'll be that one other kid who will go and sit with them. Yeah, they don't even need to say anything. It's just the fact that that one other kid sat down with them. That makes it. That's that's hope right there. I've got the perfect pop culture reference for this. So you know that animated movie that came out. Uh, maybe four years ago or so, in, is it called Inside Out? Where the different characters inside the oh, yeah, teenage represented girls... represented by yeah, different... Anger, yeah. joy, yeah. Yeah. sadness. Do you remember the scene where um, sadness is sitting there on the edge of the cliff? And... Or, sorry, the, uh, the, the character that represents the child's imagination. Uh, the guy that she kind of made up, her imaginary friend. Uh, he's sitting there sad and sadness comes and sits with him mm. and she's simply like and there's joy over here and joy's like oh come on look at the bright side like cheer up yeah, no. and 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 the imagination guy he's totally incapable of even yeah you know that's, she, that's actually really that is actually him. really good, uh, good and then sadness yeah. comes and sits with him and she just says you must feel really sad yes i do and he just has yeah. this big release and she just sits with them, and she just says, that must have been really hard. She didn't try to fix yeah. it. She didn't try to change um, anything. Hope, she didn't try to... People often think that hope, giving somebody giving somebody hope means making them happy or, or lifting their spirits. And, and no, sometimes giving somebody hope is simply sharing in their grief, right? Um, sometimes it's just, uh, um, you, you know, taking the time to share in the feeling um, that accompanies whatever it is they're experiencing, allowing them to feel it, right, and yeah. and and that that allows them to feel it and validates the fact that they're allowed to feel it, yeah. right? Um, which of course they are. And the moment you say to somebody, you know, it's it's that classic, and and jeez, I hope people don't say this kind of thing anymore. 
But when somebody uh, loses somebody in their life, for instance, and you know, a couple of months later, there's still times when they're sad and everything, and somebody will say something like, well, shouldn't you be getting over this by now? But it still happens so much. Like, we're, we're so bad at, at grief. We're so bad at dealing with tragedy, dealing with sadness, yeah. dealing with uh, most emotions in our culture. We're not really taught... Kids yeah. aren't taught to process their feelings. To right. I was just talking to my dad earlier today about how both of his grandfathers um, fought in World War One, and I hadn't realized that until we were talking about it this morning. That both of them came back to Canada, having experienced battle in World War One, and then went on to have families, and so my dad's dad's dad was one of those two men. And he had a kind of a relationship with his son, an only child, my grandpa, where he was pretty hard on him. And, uh, and I said to my dad this morning, I said, well, you know what? When you think of it, that he went through who knows what in World War I, and then he was you know, really hard on his son on the, on the family farm. Like, no wonder he would have had stuff to work out and no support, no, no mm. sense of like, oh, he has PTSD probably, or... He's seen some things that he needs to just deal with and process. No, you you keep it all in. You keep, you're the man, you're the provider, you're the, especially in farming, especially. There's that expectation even today, but especially back in the like uh, 40s and 50s or 30s. And I just, I think that it probably explains a lot. And And I think that even today, even though we do understand so much more about our own, uh, mental health and emotions and the importance Mm -hmm. of processing our feelings, we're still really poor at managing uh, or uh, supporting one another through grief, through pain, through uh, loss. uh, Bashaw Community Theater has been doing Little Women, Mm -hmm. right? The musical Little Women. And uh, there's a character, uh, Mr. Lawrence, who is Laurie's grandfather. And he comes looking for Laurie and he meets one of the sisters, Beth, right? And he... He's looking for Lori because he's he's mad because Lori's not doing what he's supposed to do, and he didn't want Lori to associate with any of those dreadful March sisters, right? Yeah. And she asks him why, and he says, because a man needs an iron will in order to succeed in this world. Yeah. And and you'll make and all and you guys are going to make him soft. And, but what's the context of his thinking that, right? He's taking care of Lori because his daughter, Lori's mother, died. Yeah. That's why he won't let Beth play anyone anyone play the piano. And then Beth plays the piano and he ends up singing along with her and then invites her to come over and play the piano. Yeah. Right? And that's what kind of um that's that's what helps him address his grief. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um I think that and and I I think and that's find that's hope. yeah, exactly. That's that's the that's the kind of thing where like it would have been really easy for somebody to say, you know, oh She's been gone a while now. Get over that, you know. Yeah. But 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 you, no, that's not what happened, um, and and because he couldn't, right? And then he finds a way in. Mm-hmm. He finds a way a way to to uh, uh, he finds hope, right? He finds a way to forward mm-hmm. with that, um, and that's I think that's uh, that's that to me is what hope's all about. And and that's why that's why the the seed again the seed's kind of a really good image, is because it appears dead and yet there's life in it, right? It's like um, the dark being surrounded in darkness. There will be light, right? 
at, 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 at night, right? Yeah. You look at the stars, right? You, you're seeing, uh, we, what's that, the song we sing in Advent? It's hope is a star that shines in the night, right? Yeah, yeah. I love um, that one. Light, light, which, by the way, you're seeing that's how many million years old because it's taken that long for the light to get here. Right. Right? So, you know, how long have we been waiting to see that? <laughs> kind of thing right so again it's there's an attachment of anticipation um there's uh and and waiting and everything um but but the thing is that it's there it's not you're not it's not an expectation um it's just there so what a great way to start off a season of um preparing for the arrival of christmas is with this uh this the sunday of hope and um just the concept of not hope as in, well, maybe everything's going to be okay, but a hope that says there is a certainty, that there there's something coming there's mm-hmm. that's definitely coming, not yeah. maybe coming, that is going to make all things right. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's something to live into. Yeah, I, I, that gives me, I mean, you you talk about that every year around Advent, and how, and so I've heard this message from you before that hope is not meant to be wishful thinking. It's distinct from that. It's you know the biblical idea of hope is is meant to be an, a knowing, a certainty. Yeah. But it's so no matter how many my point is no matter how many times I've heard it, I yeah. struggle with it. We all struggle with it. It's hard. I was going to say we we need to hear it more than just once a year, right? I mean, we do. It's it's one of those. It's 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 again one of those things where like and and even at Christmas we'll remind people that Christmas isn't just one day. Right? Yeah. It's not the the spirit of Christmas isn't just about one day. Um, the the resurrection story isn't just for one day. None of these stories are just for one day. Um, we need to be uh, constantly reminding. And hope is w- w- one in particular where, uh, well. So is peace and joy and love. They all are. They all and, are. And maybe that's why they do need to have. That's why a it's day. a good setup for Christmas. Yeah. And, and they do need their own day because yeah. you can't, uh, 365 days a year, focus on all of these distinct uh, topics. Um, well, sure, you could say that, or you could just say, if we lived into the love of Jesus, yes, you would. <laughs> I guess that's yeah, that's true, but that's yeah, that's hard to do. That's hard to do too. Yeah. So we need a bit of structure. We need these Sundays with topics. Yeah, so we can learn and grow. Exactly. Well, thanks for this, Robin. I I really enjoy just sitting and and chatting, and we never know exactly where the conversation's going to take us, but it always leads somewhere good. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I hope it does, Ben. Well, I hope so, too. And I hope that that people listening uh, gain something from this, like I know I always do. And so we'll just trust that it does. Thanks, everybody, again for listening, and uh, please join us through the season of Advent and into Christmas over the next few weeks. We'll be talking about peace, joy, and love, and we hope that you're uh, having a wonderful Advent season right now as you hear this. And remember to spread joy, have hope, and be love. <laughs>